Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. I am your host, Brendan Spencer, alongside Lady Mel. Say what's up. Hey, hi. And Sky, what's going on? Hey, it's good to be back. Yeah, man. Last, last show was uh, Ant-Man in, yes, it was. Was that that was in July. Ago. That was in July. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, everyone's been busy. I really wanted to do some other things, but finally all in sync, you know. So here we go. Today, we're going to talk about the classic albums Black Star, I'm sorry, Most Def and Tad Lib Kweli are Black Star and Outkast Equimini as they turn 20 years old this week. Admittedly, I'm much closer to Black Star than I am to Equimini. Mm. Mm. But interestingly, in 1998, I hated hip hop, period. Right. I find that so weird for some reason. And, and it's probably just because I've known you for you know, this amount of time right. you know, for the mm. past almost going on, I guess, eight years now. Sure. And I've only known, we've always talked about and vibe with hip-hop culture, right? Yeah. Mm. And, and I'm a DJ. Yeah, so. and you're a DJ, right? <laughs> so that's, 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 it's interesting to me. I'm not surprised, but that's just really weird for me. It's, it's almost surreal that you just hated hip-hop at one point. Well, for me, mm, when I was from birth to about nine years old, I was in <clears throat> the golden age, right? So right. on the radio, you would, he- you would hear Digable Planets and Tribe and The Roots. That's what I was used to. Yeah. And so once it got into the mid-90s, late-90s, it was all commercial, bling, bitches and hoes. And yeah. for right. a kid who's 10 years old, I can't relate to that. I couldn't relate to that. So I right. went to rock and, like, electronic. I was 19- 1998, I was listening to Crystal Method. And Fat Boy, Slim, wait a minute, wait a minute, though. Fat Boy Slim, <laughs> ain't nothing okay. wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Crystal Method, they, mm-hmm. you know, they had, they had a, a hell of a run. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. Chemical Brothers. I yeah. was all into that stuff. Still you know, good beats, still good vibes. I don't know if we're gonna do a podcast on Fat Boy Slim, but you've come a long, long way, baby. Turns twenty twenty yeah, this year this too. Year. Oh my gosh, I'm pretty gosh. sure in October. You I know, could be wrong. Nineteen ninety eight was a good year for music. Wasn't it, it was. Wow. It really was, wow. because uh, Crystal Method, they came out with. Vegas. The, yeah, with Vegas in, in mm. 97, 98, 97? 97, 97. Yeah, 97, and it took off in 98, and I remember that because it was on, it was featured on Descent on the, on, on uh, original PlayStation. Oh. It was featured on, featured on that game, Descent, oh, and wow. they did the entire soundtrack for that, for that, uh, for that video game. I mean, that That's whole. Right. I forgot about yeah. that. Oh my gosh. That yeah. whole age was just big beat, right? Yeah. I mean, you have the Wipeout soundtracks, yep. Prodigy and Propeller Heads. Right, yeah. and mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Let's not get too far <laughs> out. It's okay. To be honest, in 1998, I didn't hate hip-hop, but uh. I wasn't an active listener either. Yeah. Like, I was very much into other styles of music at the time, but it just hip-hop was still so ubiquitous that mm-hmm. I, it, I'm surprised now at the amount of albums I'll put on that I didn't own when I was a teenager, but I still know all the words because it was just everywhere. Uh, I mm-hmm. have to, uh, you know, I really do think that it really, it ended up becoming very commercialized as, as you were saying yeah. Brendan, because at that point you remember you know there was your MTV raps that was playing really really good stuff and mm-hmm. then that ended up getting sidelined for um, it was Total Request Live mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and, and Total yeah. Request Live really kind of messed everything up for what you were able to see on MTV true well, it took wait, everything wait, wait, in a really strong right. pop direction True. yeah mm-hmm. 
I, I, I got confused with I got confused with BET and MTV. MTV, right? Because yeah. I, I did the same thing. I was thinking, wait, what was like, the thing? I was that like, MTV Raps is on. Yeah, no. MTV, yeah, wait, yeah. wait. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. What well, was the show that was on BET? What was the the hip hop show? I forgot. One hundred six and Park. One hundred six and Park. BET. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. What what was before that though? Oh, there was the Basement with Tigger. Yeah, Big Tigger. that's right. I was gonna say yeah. Big Tigger. I knew it. Big yes. Tigger. And that okay. was that mm-hmm. was a pretty good show. It was, yeah. Because he had mm-hmm. he would have the freestyles. Right. Do all the that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was, and that was where I went. That's around the time where I really started to get, get really into BET around that time because I was really again I was really deep into hip hop because right. I was living again you know had had ended up in the southeast United States and right. we'll talk about that later but yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's funny because you guys were really I was really into all those genres as well but I was really deep with with certain niche a certain niche of hip hop at that time. Well, it's you guys are a little older than I am, so I guess. I mean, not that's to put that, y'all that's, out that's there. I'm not putting you guys right. out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for me, in, in 1998, I was, what, 12? So, oh, my God, damn. embryo. You were what? I was 12. So, really? So for me, I mean, there are a lot of students that love hip-hop and love that music, but yeah. I couldn't relate on that level. I mean, again, Fatboy wow. Slim and, and Crystal Method were all, it was a lot of instrumental work, so mm-hmm. I was just kind of making my own pictures right so yeah. i feel so old right now i don't know if i'm cool enough to continue this podcast no. you know, how saying. old in 1998 <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so on the topic of hip-hop becoming more commercialized mm-hmm. um let's get into black star yeah because black star was really a response to where hip-hop was going right right, right and yeah. most definitely ty Liberty just trying to make their own lane and find their own place in this changing genre underground hip-hop more or less started in 96 mm-hmm. 97 with the uh, doctor octagonicologist yeah. and uh <laughs> great name one of my favorite albums and company flows funny crusher plus when those albums dropped labels are like i can't put this on the radio right. how can i talk about a homicidal gynecologist from <laughs> jupiter <laughs> on the radio who's who's gonna clear, show, channel, show up clear channel's not gonna is no not gonna be having like, that yeah. First, you got you got cute fat boy Slim. We can't do this. You got you got you got hypnotize, and then you got blue flowers. <laughs> wow. And girl, let me touch you. The girl, let me touch was, you. Hip hop was real schizophrenic. It was getting yeah. it was getting weird, but yeah. it was getting weird in a cool way. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it was so, a midlife crisis at that point when you really think yeah. about it, because mm-hmm. you you're talking about you're coming out of you're coming out of activist hip hop in the eighties. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. The the party. You know, kind of got started in the early '80s. It went from that. Then you had White Lines, right? Mm. And then from that, it went into activist hip hop. It was either activist hip hop or party hip hop, right? And it's Afrocentricity, right? Just, yeah. just that right. love, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. right? And so right. then you went from that to weed culture, right? Mm-hmm. Weed culture, the Chronic dropped, sure, yeah, and true. then and the whole gangster rap, the thing. whole gangster mm-hmm. rap thing blew up. And then again, you had all the. I remember when uh, when uh, Ice T. When he dropped mm-hmm. with you know Cop Killer, and that just messed everybody up. And every single you know white person from Dan Quayle to mm-hmm. Mr. Jones down the street, just mm-hmm. they couldn't have it. So right. although, but that said, okay, so then that means because you're right, people didn't know what to do with Doctor Octa. I'm not saying that name. <laughs> I, I <know>. well, <laughs> the, the artist, yeah, the yeah, artist yeah, name know, is just Doctor Octa. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But you know, like nobody knew what to do with him. But even <laughs> before that, nobody was playing. <laughs> Nobody was playing hip hop on the radio, or they were, but it was so edited as to kind of really yeah. be toothless. I mean, yeah. so. And as a nine-year-old mm-hmm. again, it was weird to hear these songs. Mm-hmm. I'm a, in the, in the, yeah, and exactly. I, like, I can't. 
yeah. I can't right. do anything mm-hmm. with this. So yeah, you don't know the lyrics because you only hear the, mm. the connector words. You know. Mm. <laughs> In hindsight, I felt kind of like a white conservative, just how I looked at hip hop for a lot for a while. Oh really? From like, from like nine. <laughs> <Age of> nine. <laughs> well, just looking back, I was so I was talking about bitch and hoes and. Obviously, there was more to it, right. but obviously, but yeah. I'm I was too. But you had to go I was, looking for but, it. But I was time. too young to understand oh, yeah. lyrics and just buy whole albums. I only mm. s- heard singles, right. and of course, mm-hmm. there's so much there's so much greater access today yeah. to mm-hmm. finding what you want. Back in those days, you know, I'd have mm-hmm. to literally go to my mom, dad, ask them to take me down to the store, mm-hmm. and then right. even then, I can't buy an album unless they approve of it, right? Sure. So, All right. Fair enough. So there's so much I couldn't get to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, I mean. Being a little bit, a very little bit older than you, sure. Um, yeah, I was able to. I had a little bit more access. You know those. Uh, you know those. 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 Um, oh gosh, what was it? Random House or one of those companies had those those newspaper circulars yeah. where you could like pay a penny and order twelve CDs and what everybody signed. Rip off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would you could sign up underneath like seven fake names. Yeah, and I had a, I had a CDs. ton of them, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way. Totally. Mm-hmm. I did that a lot. Yeah, because out mm-hmm. there somewhere there's there's a Mister like Onizuka like. Mm-hmm. Floating around out there somewhere, which would be me, and it's probably ending up still getting. Yeah, oh yeah, totally, still getting the bills. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bills for Yuji <laughs> Tanaka. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, there was a, there's a Mr. Onizuka out there that lives at six eight nine Nick Davis Road somewhere. Right. That's probably thinking, who the hell right. was exactly. listening to you know bitches right. and shit, just, hoes and oh, tricks. Totally, just, totally. I, I just want to do it. My first Random House order was either. No doubt, Tragic Kingdom or Alanis Morissette, Jack Little. I find that very easy to believe. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Again, I was those <laughs> days. I was. I was. I was very. In a, I was in a very different direction. Oh yeah. Than sure. where I'm now. But it's funny how those are I'm all kind of converging though. now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh True. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Oh my God. No. No. It's, it's good. It's good. So let's get into the album. I got it when I was about 19, and at that time I was a student of hip hop. So. Back in the day when Amazon was just kind of starting up, mm. you would you would you would find an album to order or just look at if it's good, the ratings, and then there were these list manias. I don't know if you guys remember those. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like, if you like this album, here's this <laughs> list of top twenty New York or conscious rap or best albums of all time. And I would just I would I still have a notebook at my house in America and I would write down all these albums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would go just every week buy two or three and then cross them out and just absorb them going to school i had a friend larry he's an awesome rapper back in st louis and we would just ride out to these albums going to school every day and black star was one of them he loved twice in lifetime it was oh, that, yeah. that that oh, final right. yeah. that yeah. that final track and there was just all just just battle raps and they were so badass and right mm-hmm. that was my twice in lifetime was my introduction to to nerd rap yeah okay i want to play a clip cool. if i can pull it up here but it's talib's verse and he talks about he referenced Vulcans from Star Trek mm-hmm. yeah. and then the Transformer reference was I was just like what <laughs> what and <laughs> it, without further ado let me just put it on here so we can check it out Hoping, but after the little hopes and dreams were broken me and high tech we live long and prosper like Vulcans think I'm joking we both got sons we make cream and break dreams see through the face schemes Wiping your slate clean like a squeegee, we be lighting shit up like phosphorus. Turn it flamboyant, niggas anonymous. Depressing the optimist. You stopping us as preposterous, like an androgynous misogynist. You picking the wrong time. Stepping to me when I'm in my prime, like optimist. Transforming from rookie year to year to veteran. Hip hop is big business, like Con Edison or medicine. But fuck it, they gonna let us in, or else we rush the door. All right, 
can I just say? So, you know what? I have a hard time focusing on the lyrics to that song because the beat is captivating. Like, mm, there are the so many is, levels. Yeah. It's, it, it draws your attention. It's yeah. real hard to focus mm. on the lyrics because you're like, what is happening with this music? It's I so forgot good. who produced it. I mean, I know High Tech did a lot of this album. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like mm-hmm. it could be I a High Tech beat, yeah. probably. Yeah. I don't remember, though. And you know, from you know, the thing that really got me to, to actually pick a bet back on what you just said about the actual production quality of it. What I really like about it, and again, you know, I'm as a in, as a musician, as a drummer by trade, hmm. this really harkens back to you know bass, snare, and hi hat, right? Where you just had the 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 driving beat, and that's what I like the most about it, is because it just really brings you in, and that's what really kind of drew me to the album. Because at first mm-hmm. I was like, oh, because these are two al- rappers I really like, right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna listen to it anyway. Yeah. But then that's what kept me right, yeah. interested was again yeah, the yeah. the the whole production of it was just shit was fire. Yeah. Totally, like it's real. Like there are so many good lyrics on this album, but yeah. it's just it took it takes a couple of listens to pay attention to them because the whole time I'm just like yeah. the, the, it, it's diverting. Like how good those beats and are. And that's what mm-hmm. I like about it. And that's what makes a, an album like this, in my opinion, timeless, mm. is when you can come back and you can find so many different layers to the wordplay, to mm-hmm. the cadences that, the, that they use, to uh, you know the production, the different layers, and especially when you start getting deeper into your trade as a musician or sure. even just as, mm-hmm. as a connoisseur of the music itself. Mm-hmm. Y- that's what makes an album like this so timeless, is that they were able to really take things like this. Mm-hmm. Because again, black nerd culture had been either in the closet or looked at something as kind of, you know, a, a passing trope. Well, I don't want to sound, um, I, I don't want to go that far. I mean, there was a lot of nerdy stuff in rap. I mean. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But it just, just for me, that mm-hmm. was my first introduction to, to right. that. But back mm-hmm. in, you know, of course, in the early 90s, yeah, I mean, Super mm-hmm. Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, rappers have always loved geeky stuff sure. and sci-fi, but you couldn't go too far with it. Right. So, not yeah. for those, mm-hmm. those hot singles, right? Yeah, to sell yeah, those yeah. Records. Exactly, Especially not exactly. in, that, in this in that, in that era. era. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really what I'm saying right mm-hmm. there is, mm-hmm. is yeah. that it was really, there's only so far you can go to it. Sure. Because again, there were so many people that were people of color that I knew that were from, you know, again, diverse backgrounds, mixed kids. And then, of course, you know, people that were from the black diaspora that I hung out with that were really close that you talk to them. And then all of a sudden we just kind of bond over things like, mm-hmm. you know, the original Star Trek series. Sure. Or oh, yeah. Things mm-hmm. like Robotech, things like that, right? Sure. Totally. Um, and that's what I really, f- I, I just, I, like you said, there's always something nerdy in it, but there's only so far you could go with it. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Can't anyway. be a, <laughs> uh, Dr. Octagon on, on the radio again. Uh, <laughs> move on, move on. <laughs> you got to hear that album. Have you, have you not heard that album? I, a million years ago, but yeah. You should mm. listen to it again. It's fantastic. I, I should, I, just from the references y'all are throwing at me, I don't think I really need to do that to myself. You should. Okay. Mm-hmm. So going back to this album, I didn't realize how much it meant to me. Mm. On my iPod, I have two iPods still, but on my iPod or my old Creative Zen, when I used to have it when I was <laughs> 19, I made, I made a ton of playlists, and one of them was called... KOS, which of course acronym from the from the the album Knowledge of Self, and I would use it when I was reading or studying in at school, and it was just, it was like my like study hip hop playlist and ton of Black Star and Common and mm-hmm. Most Def, all that stuff was on there, and just 
I just realized, like, at that time, and just even listen to it now, it's this album is such like a, it's like a, like a blanket, uh, like a, a shield, like a friend, a big brother, just mm. because you look at, we were talking earlier about Eminem and mm-hmm. MGK and how yeah, yeah. a lot of the elder statesmen of hip hop sound kind of bitter and yeah. Yeah, totally. angry about new trends. But yeah. this album, even though they criticized that stuff, they never sounded uh, cranky or like it was a more right. optimistic it and wasn't like yeah. yelling at clouds. Yeah, right. it, yeah, totally. Um, but I think that's because they were in the process of creating something new as they were going. It yeah. wasn't just like we're still doing this old stuff, but we don't like what the new people are doing. Exactly, that's yeah. true. That's a great point. Well, there's 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 always the 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 old adage as it goes is that youth is not a guarantee of innovation, <laughs> and in many cases that can be taken to the extreme, and and you'll see that with. Again, guys like you know Eminem, who again is looking like the bitter old man mm-hmm. with his you know quote unquote surprise uh, album that he just dropped, um, and then again guys like Joe Budden, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Well, Budden, <laughs> well, Budden's chilled out a, a and, and lot. And he's chilled now. out a lot, and and I give him that. I I think that that he has you know tempered his um, his ire. Yeah. But that being said, I do think that you can take something old and make it new again if you stay true to your art and you stay true to who you are right. and and not try to force things and case in point you, you even see it with production you know right now what's the big thing is gated reverb gated reverb is back again mm-hmm. and that's what every production uh, manager and production technician wanted to do on every al- 80s album from 1982 until 1988 mm-hmm. 1989 um, and so it's always about trying to just really being staying tr- stay true to yourself. That's what I really like about Black Stars. That hey, they were like, look, we we're not really cool with what's going on in hip hop right now, but we're gonna do what we do, and mm-hmm. we're going to give it to you, and we're really kind of doing it for ourselves. Yeah, right. right. And I really mm-hmm. respected that yeah, about yeah. the album. I mean, there's really an aspect of art to it that yeah. you don't really have with a lot of these, like you said, kind of these elder statesmen beefs, where it is just. Like you said, old men yelling at clouds, kind of. We're angry, but we're not going to bother creating anything new or mm-hmm, continuing exactly. to create anything artistic. We're just going to be mad. Yeah, precisely. Precisely. I want to touch on just a couple of my favorite tracks mm-hmm. and verse. We already went to Twice in a Lifetime. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I want to go with the intro, Astronomy, mm-hmm. Eighth Light, just the way that they play with the colored black. Mm-hmm. You know, again, 19-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. I went to a private university. Mm-hmm. Right mostly white kids just hearing that for the first time riding out and then putting it in my headphones i knew i was a black person but sometimes it's hard to see yourself from within yourself oh yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, yeah. You no know, we talk about how representation is so important True. in media right. but we usually talk about it in regards to tv and film right but with music it's so important too it really yeah. is. And yeah. so even me just re-listening this album, I'm just like hit with all this pride. So I just want to play a quick yeah. clip of uh, Astronomy. Sure. It's yeah. how they play with <laughs> blackness. In, in time now. What is the black star? Is it the cat with the black shades, the black car? Is it shining from very far to where you are? 
It is commonplace and different, intimate and distant, fresher than an infant. Black, my family thick, like that strap molasses. Star on the rise in the eyes of the masses. Black is the color of my true love's hair. Stars are bright shining, hot balls of air. Black like my baby girl stare. Black like the veil that the Muslimina wear. Black mm. like the planet that they fear. Why they scared? Mm. Black like the slave ship that they brought us here. Ooh. Black like mm. the cheeks that are roadways for tears. Mm. They leave black faces well traveled with years. Black like assassin crosshairs. Blacker than my granddaddy armchair. He never really got no time to chill there. Cause his life was warfare. See, warfare. All right, what is... Mm. Yo, okay. Over there. But man, mm. right? Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you're just... Like I said, a, a shield. You're just I'm just walking through campus, mm -hmm. you know, and just just yeah, feeling yeah. it. Just oh man. Savory. Most Def is like the rapper I listen to when I'm homesick because everything about like his I don't know, brand as an artist is something that it, it just it reminds me of home. Like yeah. he's just like he's just really good at encapsulating what it is to be black and American and Absolutely. conscious for lack of a better word, I guess. No, that's, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. I really do. I can, I can completely agree mm -hmm. with that because, you know, I come from, again, a very diverse mm -hmm. ethnic background uh, and, and, you know, as a person that grew up in a uh, relatively liberalized Muslim household, mm -hmm. a, a lot of what you hear and a lot of what you see in hip hop, mm -hmm. you know, it, it speaks to you as far as what your struggle is from a social aspect, but from a an overall the intersectional aspect of you know where you know your religion, you know, from religion to mm -hmm. what how you actually fit into society. Mm -hmm. In that mm -hmm. instance, you know, I really respect uh, the one of the things that really kind of resonated the most with me with with Talib and with most deaf in particular was the fact that they were speaking about what it is to be, they, they put a lot of references of being, you know, a Muslim in America and also being a Muslim that is, you know, a, you know, a so-called black Muslim. Right? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that whole idea of what, what it is to be a black Muslim, again, it's like you, you're, you're kind of settled with a double whammy. Mm -hmm. When, because, you know, I present, obviously as a brown Muslim, you know, person, but at the same time, you know, it, there's always this spectrums that you 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 wander through because you, okay, if you're Muslim but you're not super dark, mm. then it's like oh, you're a less dangerous looking Muslim, right? Versus when it comes to you being a person that has a darker skin tone and person that is Muslim and that is you know unabashedly so, right? Then you get start you start getting all these questions, right? And and one of the things a lot of my other black Muslim friends would always talk about is, you know the experiences that they get with, okay, you're black and you're Muslim, so, you know, did you convert? Like, how did you become Muslim? All these mm -hmm. other questions. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, you know, mm -hmm. well, you're a Christian and you're from X, Y, and Z. You know, how did you end yeah. up like that yeah, as well? Yeah, nobody ever right? asks, yeah. And that's mm -hmm. what I really loved about uh, about a lot of the things that he does say in, you know, their verses is that they actually insert that in there. Sure. Um, and that resonates with a lot of people. It really does. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I, at the time when this album came out, I was a very devout Christian and the thought of Muslims or anything Islamic had never crossed my mind. Um, and it wasn't until much later that I actually met a lot of Muslims and knew anything about Islam. Right. But even so, I never really thought about how much Islamic culture Mostaf brings into his rhymes. Mm -hmm. But now that you mention it, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I still completely identified with what he was saying. Even right. Because in, in there's a, it's it's interesting. That's the beauty of intersectionality. And that's yeah, isn't and it? that's mm -hmm. truly what intersectionality really yeah. is. Mm -hmm. Right. When you see it, and uh, as mm -hmm. art does imitate life, mm -hmm. so is where you find the the intersections of 
you know, exactly. society. When it just taps into those universal things about Absolutely. the human experience from your specific place. Mm-hmm. On that note of oh, intersectionality, yes. <laughs> brown skin lady. Yeah. That is my song. That was my going out song my whole freshman year of university. Like you, I went to a very white university. That's a gym, I baby. Was, exactly. I was one of three black women in the county. Let what? Alone, yes. Not only the, the university, but the county. And Wait, was what my, school yeah. is this? What school did you go to? Nobody's ever heard of it. It was way out in the middle of nowhere. It was like there's like 500 people and a cat. And then the university's got more people than the town last I checked. Actually, that might have changed now. It's grown wow. quite a lot. Um, but I went to this tiny little rural university in Colorado, which was a great place, actually. Yeah. But it was severely lacking in melanin. Oh, I find yeah. that very easy to believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Most so of Colorado is lacking in melanin hey, overall. Hey, 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 me and Sinbad, we are both there. Every <laughs> year they put us in a cage with the only Indian guy and make us fight for the last bottle of cocoa butter. That's like you and that, that's just like. Uh, Did you recall that? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Minneapolis, like, right? It, it came out so so smooth. It was like she's had to like use that a few times. That was pretty. Maybe, that was yeah. pretty smooth. <laughs> but yeah, people are always like, "Oh gosh, you're from Colorado. There are black people there." Not anymore. I left. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, though, I I went to this very rural Colorado university, and this album was one of the ones that I really loved and listened to a lot. And this song, "Brown Skin Lady," was my going out song. That whole like. Ooh, damn baby girl, look at you. Because I felt like, I mean, it was interesting because it was this really golden time for black femininity in a lot of ways. It was Mm. the same time we had India Ari, Jill Scott. Lauren Hill dropped. Lauren Hill Hill dropped. uh, Erica Badu. All of them were huge at the time. So there were a lot of really diverse portrayals of black American femininity that were coming from a lot of different places artistically. Right. But it was lovely to hear black men appreciating that. It really built me up a lot just to have that song on, you know, playing simply because it wasn't where I was. Black womanhood had not hit the mainstream yet. Right where yeah, I was. I don't think kind of anything the, hit the mainstream about them. You're yet. you're right. Nothing did, unfortunately. And but you know everybody <laughs> was really into country music, and kind of white. Well, there were plenty of black men there, and white women were the thing, which is arguably the case in a lot of places everywhere. But mm-hmm. it was just really nice to have that kind of that build up. Really, right. It was uh, it was just nice to have to hear something that affirmed me as a woman from black men. Yeah, for sure. Because I wasn't sure. getting that in my real life at all. So that was nice. Yeah. Because yeah. that was becoming like a real point of contention. Sure. Right. That was when it was starting to become a thing in hip hop to have really light skinned video girls and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird to go back and watch old, like, early 90s hip hop videos and see how, for lack of a better word, how normal all the women look. Like, they're yeah. a broader range of skin tones. They're sure. very just regular girls. But sure. th- that changed real quick. <laughs> Didn't it? Mm hmm. So I don't want to spend too much time because we have Sorry. to go to... Oh, no, it's okay. No, this has all been great. Mm-hmm. We, we, I want to go to Quim and I, but most Def said that they're working on a new Black Star album yeah. with right. Mad Lib as the producer. Yeah, I'm oh, excited about yes, that. that Mad, Lib is, Mad Lib is arguably my favorite hip-hop producer yeah. okay. mm-hmm. of yeah. all time. Sorry, Pete Rock. Sorry, Dilla. Sorry, <laughs> Premier. <laughs> Mad Lib is just... Mm-hmm. The unseen is like... Yeah, he's solid. He's yeah. my gun. He's yeah, solid. Yeah. That would be amazing. And he's worked with them a lot. Yeah. Uh, he worked with Talib on a project at, right. at Liberation yeah. album. Right. And, uh, Liberation was deep, yeah. And he worked with Most Def on The Static. Uh, that song with, with uh, Slick Rick. Yeah. Auditorium was really yeah, cool. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I want to play the song Fix Up. They did this on the Stephen Colbert mm-hmm. show. 
did you ever hear this song? I, did, I don't think I did. It's, I, it's, yeah. they, they dropped it several years, several ago, years ago, and I really thought yeah. this was like a, a resurgence for them, and then they just fell off the face of the earth. And right. I, it mm. broke my heart. I mean, I was yeah. so excited for it, but I'll just show you. It was a tease. Yeah, I'm just, the, when you said that, I just my brain started working like, what would they talk about on another album coming out? Everything's changed so much. It, well, that, that's exactly that, that's what I'd like the to reason hear, why, yeah, 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 That's exactly. probably the reason why mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're going to drop something, because yeah. there is so much that's changed, and there's so much to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna play a quick thing of, of fix up. Cool. I really like their exchange. They had verses, and then the very end they went back and forth, and mm-hmm. that's something really cool and unique about how they rap together. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just play it. Here we go. Their teamwork's gotten much better. Oh, it's so oh, their, man. Their interplay yeah. as a duo was just goosebumps better. again. Yeah. yeah, goosebumps again. Wow. Huh. Okay, now I really want this album to drop. Yes. Right. This song is really old, not really old, but it's years old. I would put it on the album, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was uh, so great. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so great. Yes. Wow. That's that's exciting. They did various B-sides and mm. um, singles. You know, the, the Hurricane song. The, the Hurricane, hurricane yeah, yeah. movie. Hurricane movie. Yeah, with, they, did uh, sing, they did a song for that. Little Brother, I love that song. It's just everything yeah. they touch is always gold. Yeah, yeah. Yo, absolutely. I mean, they've always got something to say, don't they? So, so before we go to Aquim and I, you say we w- you want to hear the album. Mad Lib is, you know, what we want. That's what mm-hmm. I want. Yeah, yeah. Are there any features you would like to see on this album? Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I've thought about it, and, you know, I, I, here's the thing. If this album had been dropped in 2014 or 2013, I would want to see Common on it. But <laughs> now, now I don't know. I and, and don't get me wrong. I think I think Common is is great. I think you know for what he does and, and what he has done. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of the work that he does um, when it comes to, to social activism and, and, and things. I, I love Common from that aspect. Mm-hmm. But Common is arguably the Charlie Wilson of hip hop. He he's really kind of a he's Charlie kind of a relic. Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's really he's so he's just very one dimensional in mm-hmm. that in that aspect. He's a very talented guy. Yeah. He is. He's a very talented artist. When it comes to what would need to be on this album now, mm. I I wouldn't want to see him on it. Um, mm-hmm. Other people I would want to see on it, you know, I've thought about it. Yeah, you know, with with most Def and Talib, it's gotta be it's gotta be fire. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like like f- mass fuego. Yeah. Uh, and I can't really, I couldn't p- pinpoint anybody that I would want. Maybe if if anybody, if anybody, it'd have to be Black Thought. Oh gosh. That's the only person yeah, I would yeah, yeah. say that I would want to yeah. see on this. Mm-hmm. That's that was it. my number He's one. He's the one who would fit in. If you were looking for somebody younger, though, I would say Daveed Diggs, actually. Sure. Yeah, he would He would fit in. He would fit in. Uh, his new stuff with, what's his name, Rafael I could see that. Casas? Is I could see really that. good. I could see that fitting in, yeah. Y'all wouldn't see Kendrick on this? 
I thought about that, but no. I Kendrick is just that. so stylistically, he's so, I don't know, it's not really in opposition, but he's just so, so different stylistically. I, don't, I couldn't see where he would fit in a flow with them. I agree with you, but mm-hmm. at the same time, so is most deaf. So, mm. I mean, Kendrick yeah. is kind of, I mean, he's not a child of most deaf because mm. I don't know if you really listen to him like that. Sure. Yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. But I could, I could, I could questionably mm. see Lupe. Mm. Ooh, I could questionably yeah. see Lupe. Ooh, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. Okay, I could. But that's a big question. Like he would really have to pull out his A plus plus. No, plus, Lupe plus is but one of no, the greatest but, but rappers he, of all time. Absolutely, I, mean, I have to. His agree. new and his new that. album is great. Really? Okay, I haven't heard the new album. I will say that his last album, mm-hmm. Tetsuo and Youth. Mm-hmm. Was the best. It was awesome. 2015 rap album that wasn't to Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. But even then. Okay, but 2015 was not a good year for rap albums. No, 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 it was no, it was, no, no. There was a there was a good. But there was some, a bit. I wrote a I blog mean, about it. There was some good rap albums. There was albums a lot of stuff that was off the radar. That's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that's off the radar. Honestly, mm-hmm. even honestly, to Pimp a Butterfly is a great album. But Lupe Tetsuo and Youth, he rapped his ass off. He did. I okay. mean, it's he came hard. They're honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, to Pimp a Butterfly got the recognition for mm-hmm. just being so different. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Tetsuo and Youth, it had a whole seasons theme. So there were like three mm-hmm. songs for what winter, and then three okay. for I, spring, I, honest, and then there's like interludes yeah. through okay. it. I mean, it was really re- well done. Okay. And had he not had his whole kind of beef with Atlantic and beef with like right. his fans, right. yeah. I think it would have been really well received. But mm-hmm. it wasn't the whole poppy food and liquor. Mm. Thing anymore. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, a lot yeah. denser, but okay. it was he could definitely hang okay. with those guys. Okay. Yeah. Even I'll, I'll even if they it. were ninety eight, he yeah. could still hang with those really? guys. He could. I'll take your word He's for fantastic. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, Lupe, I don't really listen if you're to listening, like which that, you're probably not, but <laughs> you are you are awesome. And the new album's great. Sorry. Lupe and Black Thought, that sounds pretty that cool. That would be good. Yeah. I, I think I think that I, I honestly think that if you got Lupe and Black Thought on this with with those two heavy hitters, um you would and, and and they put together a very well produced album um i'm going to have to say that this probably would pro- this would definitely be the contender for rap album of sure of uh, that year th- of that year mm-hmm. if not mm-hmm. if not one of the better rap albums of the decade just yeah. an, another feature uh from a different angle mm-hmm. yeah eric badu of course yeah yeah. Yeah, but that's almost a given. Like you know, they're gonna get some Erica in there somewhere. No, but she's never really been on that. So I mean, it, uh, I mean they've, yeah, I mean, they've, they've with, had some. They've had some. Live, but not. I don't know if on an album. Thinking about it, yeah, I you're mean, right. You've had like uh, what's it? Um, that Brown Sugar song. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. But it was never like them together, like Black Star yeah, yeah. with Erica Badu. Yeah, 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 so yeah. that really was always cool one or the see. other. You're right. Yeah. I mean, that would be that. cool. I mean, if they went the jazzy <laughs> route, it'd be cool to get like. Thundercat on there, That'd you be know, awesome. really yeah. dope. Mm-hmm. Maybe him and, and Questlove. Questlove. Yeah. Yeah. Questlove and Thundercat Ooh, with Blackstar. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah. But you know, I mean, if we're gonna open it up like that, okay. bring in somebody really unorthodox like the internet. Oh, did you see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and to be honest, I don't even know if the internet is really unorthodox anymore. They're kind of mainstreaming it now. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, you, I think that you're starting to see this uh, mm-hmm. this real this real shift. Mm-hmm. And I like to call it the red shift of hip hop, you know, and to bring in shift. to bring in an astronomical term. Sure. And, and you know, in that astronomy, okay. anything that shifts red, blurred. it's actually moving away from you. Right. Okay. That this has been a blurred moment, brought to you by the letter R for red shift. Check it out, Wikipedia.com. Back to what I was saying. <laughs> 
I call this the red shift of hip hop, and, and and I wanted to talk to you about this offline. But the reason why I was saving this specific point was because I was hoping she would say something like that. And you've seen that now, a lot of the unorthodox themes that have been missing from hip hop overall, when it comes to dealing with social anxiety, when it comes mm-hmm. to dealing with depression, mental health, when it comes to dealing with um, non-binary relationships, mm-hmm. right? This has become more or less everything that was so far off to the left that it was light years away from what anybody could see being a mainstream uh, mainstream mm-hmm. themes in hip hop. Yeah. We're at a point now where where again where you see the, the the black and and the brown community has become more and more open and not just open but also welcoming and being on the front lines in particular black women mm. on the front lines of you know breaking down a lot of those you know Thin and thick walls that yeah. you know put up the as artistic always, expression, to be honest. right? As usual, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I and you know back to my theory of black women are going to save the world, right? That this is what you're seeing in the red shift in mm-hmm. hip hop. Now we're we're you know all that stuff that shift shifted the red, it's starting to shift blue again. We're getting closer to you know the things that we didn't want to touch before. Which just brought something to mind. Speaking of perhaps possible collaborations with Black Star for the new album, have y'all heard No Name's new album? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, that I could see. Yeah. That I could see. Um, mm-hmm. I I like No Name. I don't mm-hmm. know if she. She's can definitely. Hang with yeah, them. I was gonna say she's definitely got some growing my, to do, but she can. She's got some energy yeah. though. My my exactly. my suggestion would be Rhapsody. Yeah, I could okay. see that. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. Yeah. Because Rhapsody is uh on a similar similar age. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and and maturity. If they were to do some sort mm-hmm. of like brown skin lead too. Yeah. Mm, yeah, definitely. Those but two it would and be her. Nice to see them infuse some young energy, like some good kinda, you know, to pass the baton a bit. I don't know. But her her kind of wordsmith mm-hmm. approach, yeah. her playful approach, I don't really know if they What am I even thinking about? Jean Grey. Mm. Hey. Oh my gosh! Jean Grey be okay. dope too. Why didn't Jean I even, I didn't even think too. about it? Yes. Oh my goodness, Jean that Gary would be, be amazing. Mm. These are all really good. I I, I hope mm. they are listening to this because I know, if you right? are listening to this. And I think Talibin, Jean Grey have done stuff together before. Yes, 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 so yes, yeah. yes. That would they, be like they, they yeah, featured. Come on, they featured in. before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, he was. She was on his label. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blacksmith. Blacksmith. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how well. I think that. I don't know how well that went. I think there might have been something weird happened there. But anyway. Okay, I okay. think we've yes. exhausted, exhausted Black Star. Black Star. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Equimini. Yeah. All right. So, Southside. So again, you on your own with this, but I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not too close to the album. I mean, the songs that I really like, I really like. So I'm gonna get to mm-hmm. how I was first introduced to this album, okay. yeah. and that was when I used to go to the roller skate rink. Oh, and we had a DJ <laughs> who was pretty good. I don't know who he was. Rosa Parks came on in there, and everyone, ah, everyone screaming. Of course, of all course. the teens, all the adults got on the floor. Uh-huh. Everyone skating, doing doing their doing their grooves. They got in a little line of holding course. each other's waist and doing uh-huh. couples. It was just everyone oh. singing Couple along. Skates. I miss it's, the roller It's skate so rink. nostalgic just Gosh. thinking about yeah. that time. Yeah. It's just that that beautiful energy. Yeah, for sure. Oh. oh man. I mean, I didn't get I didn't get the album until maybe. I was probably sophomore, mm-hmm. sophomore, maybe even senior in, in university. Uh, maybe university. Sorry, university. Yeah, yeah, university. I bought that. I mean, I bought it late. I had ATL first because I was trying to go mm-hmm. from front, yeah, mm-hmm. front or to the, back. the early career to later. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, uh, this this album and the and Outcast in particular has a 
uh, a very very soft spot in my heart because mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm from Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, and you know this is one of those albums that I think really opened up the door to the the hip hop world and really kind of announced uh, that the Southeast had made it um, because at that point you know there was a lot of niche when it comes to you know Southern hip hop and Southern hip hop is really really homegrown it was really grassroots at that point because again. We're talking about, you know, the the MP3 era had just started, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is when you know Napster was still a thing. Na- Napster had just become oh gosh, a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was in university at the time. I was you know at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, and <laughs> we ended up you know sharing a lot of all, you know we could share everything, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were getting a lot of this stuff that that nobody knew about. And a lot of my friends from the East Coast that came to Alabama and from the West Coast that came to Alabama, right? You know, they were still caught up in the whole East Coast, West Coast thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. They still were. And this opened up the door to a lot of people about seeing how absolutely diverse that the Southern hip-hop sound was. Because, Mm -hmm. again, you had the the Georgia sound. You had the Tennessee sound. Alabama had its own sound. Mm -hmm. You talk about New Orleans and Texas, right? UGK. You're talking about, you know, when you go down to uh, New Orleans, you had New Orleans Bounce, right? Mm -hmm. And New Orleans Bounce begat you know, the, the hot boys, Juvie, sure. um, big timers, so on and so forth. They buy from Cash Money. Then you want to talk about, you know, what you got from Mississippi. All these different states, you know, in the deep south mm. had their own sound. Yeah, yeah. And nobody was really digging that. No one was really into it because, again, they mm-hmm. thought, you know, this was, you know, to, 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 to steal a line from UGK, it was country rap tunes. Right, and then just a lot of people, you really had to search to hear that outside of the South. You really did, you did. Because, I mean, I was thinking about, I was listening to Rosa Parks on the way here, and, you know, the, the hook with a, yeah. like that really strongly accented English. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking that's not the first time I heard that accent, but it yeah. was the first time I heard it and thought it was cool. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and it's right. a part mm-hmm. of the cadence. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's where... Again, the the everything from the wordplay mm-hmm. to a lot of the issues that they're addressing in a lot of the songs, right? Yeah. You even talked about you the first time that you were really opened up to was the skating rink, right? Well, mm-hmm. Sparty Opie Opie Dopalicious. It's mm-hmm. a coming of age song, yeah. right? About the first time that you actually get to go out, yeah. you know, snuggle up with your boo, mm-hmm. and then you're at the skating rink, mm-hmm. right? That was a rite of passage in the Southeast. Mm-hmm. Is that you, your parents go and drop you off the skating rink and come pick you up, mm-hmm. right? And that's the first time where you actually get a taste of the so-called nightlife. Yeah. And that's why yeah. this, you know, this album, a lot of people still talk a lot about this album and wonder whether or not, you know, we were talking about earlier before the podcast started, mm-hmm. whether or not this one really was a good, uh, a good successor to AT Aliens and Stankonia. Yeah. Or was it kind of, you know, it, it stood on its own, but it, it kind of solidified, you know, the, the, well, the Georgia sound? Well, if you look at mm-hmm. all four of those albums, Southern Playlistic, AT Aliens, Equimini, mm-hmm. Instantagonian, they all, all four of them have such unique flavors. That's very and so Absolutely. I was, I was going through the album uh, this weekend and today, and I thought a lot about De La Soul is Dead. Wow. Wow. Oh, really? Okay. So, okay. Return of the G. Yeah, when he was talking about how he was trying to buck trends, but they got criticized for mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Andre on, on his verse, like, "What's wrong with what's your boy Andre? Is he gay? Is he are you on the cult?" And like, mm-hmm. he was. Everyone's criticizing them for changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this album is kind of like a f you to them. Yeah, yeah. similar to "Dale Souls Dead," right? Right. Ar- Arsenio okay. Hall, 
yeah. was, you know, clowning them when they were on live, but they mm-hmm. still, you know, did their thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And they put out right after that, they all souls dead, right? So yeah. right. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, okay, I can yeah. see it that way. I don't know. I have such mixed feelings about Equimini because, like I said, I, I had the album. And I forgot that I don't actually like the album as a whole piece of work until mm-hmm. I re-listened to it for this podcast. There are songs on it. There's tracks on it I really love. But the album itself, uh, I'd rather, if I'm going to listen to an album, I would rather listen to AT Aliens yeah. or to Southern Playalistic or to Stankonia. Stankonia is my favorite Outcast yeah. album. I think that, I, th- mm-hmm. uh, I really do think that you share the opinion that I think the majority of people that are not super deep with mm. with southern hip hop in particular. Uh, share they probably love Outkast, mm-hmm. but then when it comes to the actual buys of work, because again, mm-hmm. their early work, this stuff is very deep. It, mm. It's very very you know it's southern fried, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's it's what I call uh, their ham hocks in, in collard greens era. Yeah, right. That was a cornbread yeah, era. Yeah. AT Aliens was before. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, and I liked AT right. Aliens quite a lot. Yeah, and, and, and mm-hmm. AT Aliens was really, it was really kind of the, the, it was really kind of the make or break. Like totally. if this does mm-hmm. well, then we're established. If not, yeah. then it's we're gonna continue to, to just mm-hmm. kind of press on with what we've got here in the yeah, southeast. Yeah, but I guess the thing is when you listen to because it was AT Aliens, then was it Stankonia or Southern Playalistic? That no, was no, no, no. Southern Playalistic was first. First, yes, yeah. that's and right. Then, okay. mm-hmm. So then, then AT Aliens, mm-hmm. and then Equimini, then Equimini, and then Stankonia. So when you listen to AT Aliens and you listen to Stankonia, Equimini yeah. does sound really transitional in comparison to the other it two is. albums. Now, exactly, but yeah. I think if you're like you said, if you're not deep into Southern hip hop, yeah. that transition is hard to really metabolize. Like you pick, you can pick out a track here or there that you like, but you don't really know where it's going. Yeah. Like they're kind of like their their okay computer in a sense. I like yeah, that comparison. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to think about it. The Benz was pretty dark. Yeah. And then so was AT Aliens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then okay computer dark, kind yeah. of you know co- of course okay computer was had mm-hmm. its I mean yeah. it's dark too but it was mm-hmm. kind of opening up as far as the Sonics. Mm-hmm. It was much more brighter. Yeah. Yeah. It was much more. The Sonic brighter. was brighter. You got the at harmonica solo mm-hmm. on Rosa yeah. Parks. Like mm-hmm. you didn't mm-hmm. get that that southern friedness right. on AT Aliens. It was yeah, a little yeah. more like subdued. Yeah. yeah. They really started to kind of play with, with those southern and sounds really, and Equimini. And yeah. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Equimini to me just sounds transitional. It doesn't sound unfinished. It just does sound like on a lot of tracks, especially the kind of the. I don't know. The, on a lot of tracks, it just sounds like they're really just trying to find their way. Like, they're really mm. just kind of playing with sounds and ideas. And that's great. But if you're just listening to an album, that's not... For its listenability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For its listenability. Like, if you put that album on from start to finish and listen to the whole album, it's not as enjoyable as something like Stankonia, where that is a start to finish solid album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I really do like the the comparison you know that you made that this is kind of their okay computer mm-hmm. in this in the sense that you ended up with a an album that did that did become a transitional album mm-hmm. because you know Stankonia became was the was the party album Ooh. oh yeah Stankonia was and there was just you know club bangers on oh, almost yeah, yeah, yeah. you know on all throughout the entire album yeah. mm-hmm. Equimini was really kind of the point where they were really trying to like you said they were trying to find out how far they could push their sound to, to from being, you know, a, a a southern sound to being a sound that could really encapsulate who they are, but mm. then also be able to, to draw in a different audience at yeah. that point. Yeah. Sure. Because again, we're still at the, we're still mm. at the height at this time. We're still at the 
the the height the I guess the 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 last in, the last throws of the East West Coast beef, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, Southern hip hop was getting much more attention at that point. Yeah, and I think that that actually helped them to get where they got to yeah. a lot because it was like something really fresh and new. Like me, for me, hearing Southern hip hop the first time, the first few times that I did, it just really did sound really new and different. It was still recognizably hip hop, of yeah, course, sure. but it was just so it lacked a lot of the aggro that East and West Coast hip hop had developed at that point. Sure. And that was nice. That was something. It was. That's I, a good I felt point. like I could really get into the lyrics more. It didn't feel as threatening. And again, it was that whole like thing of affirmation because I think at that point, speaking as a woman, I feel like East and West Coast hip hop had started to develop a, a like mainstream. It started to develop kind of an aggression towards women that was uncomfortable mm. to engage with at times. Mm. Southern hip hop didn't have that as much. The aggro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel yeah. that. Uh-huh. So it was sure. a little bit more accessible in that way. Yeah. I felt much more comfortable dancing to Southern hip hop than I did to like some of the stuff that was coming off of either coast at the time. <laughs> I think it's also interesting mm-hmm. to think about just the instrumentation on this record. Mm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. ATLNs, again, it was more subdued, produced, bass heavy. Yeah. Equipment and I, I mean, Spoiler 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 I mean, yeah. just that trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. I love that track. Yeah. And, and, that whole damn, and, damn, damn, damn. It was just a vibe. I mean, the damn. whole album was just mm-hmm. a vibe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't have, they couldn't keep the vibe of Spodioli the whole time, right. Right, which is mm-hmm. fine. You don't have to yeah, do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But, but when when, it when they highs, hit, it, really it is. Hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was by far, and I, I and I think most of my uh, most of my southern southern you know brethren and and, and sisters will agree from that period this was the the interstate road trip uh, album okay. from from outcast mm-hmm. because the whole album really it, it really kind of plays out and and if you've not been to the southeastern united states uh uh, I don't recommend you necessarily going, but I do <laughs> recommend uh, you know just taking a look at at the the all the major cities along you know the 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 thoroughfares that they talk about you know I twenty I sixty five um, I eighty five I fifty nine. It really plays out as all the different locales and all the major cities that you'll hit along those interstates because. There's a lot of very, very beautiful countryside, but there's mm. also a lot of small towns that you pass through. Mm. And you see, literally, the vestiges of, of where these guys come from mm. throughout the music. You hear it, right? Okay. You hear the, the, the trumpet. You hear the harmonicas that they'll put in there from time to time. Okay. You hear a lot of that in the music that, they're, that, that they put into the production. You see that in kind of a geographical, uh, I would say almost soliloquy, in a way that they really put it out, and they really are trying to em- embody that same feel mm-hmm. into what the art is. And and again, it's probably easier to to adjust to what I just said if you are from the south or if you have been through the south mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. But that's what you really hear, and that's what you really feel is that you get that you know you pull off the side of the road and you end up at you know a gas station that also has a place where you can get soul food. Right, mm-hmm. or you can pull off, and you end up at a place that where you can actually li- literally go in, mm-hmm. and you can get, you know, sodas that are only 
known to the southeastern United States, Double Cola and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Mr. Pibb, things like that. So this is really kind of, this album really yeah. is kind of a... Oh, no, we have Mr. Pibb. Come on. <laughs> okay, well, you see what I'm saying, right? Okay, I see what you're I saying. I was going to say, so, yeah. say Fago, but... Okay, now Fago, that yeah, I know is a southern thing. Yeah. But yeah. We, got, we got Fago, too. So really? I feel weird, you know, I mean, being in the Midwest, I would go to places in America, and yeah. they would think that we were part of the South, too. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, St. Louis, yeah, it's oh, weird. because Because yeah. we're not, I'm not... We're not East Coast. We're not West. Yeah. We're not I South. I would definitely always put St. Louis as a Midwestern city. Yeah, me too. No, I agree. Yeah. But you're but right. I think that maybe the perception is a little bit different. You talked about mm-hmm. how a lot of Southern rap wasn't coming up to uh, how was it wasn't other, other places. Out, yeah. But yeah, I definitely remember I was you know going to the skating rink for, mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I definitely remember hearing stuff oh. all the time. I mean, even ATLNs, I remembered that at slow, like when elevators came on the skating yeah. rink and folks were just, oh, just yeah. slow yeah. groove you know, to it. I mean, this came I, up. I think the skating rink is kind of a universal black experience. Even though okay. there were no other black people in Colorado, I had to imagine them all. We still went to the skating <laughs> rink. But, but, <laughs> were, were, but were you hearing Southern, Southern Oh, yeah, yeah, there? totally. Okay. Yeah, I well, was. Cool. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I want to get into is the, the whole idea of, of, you know, this versus the whole idea of, of you know, Southern... Southern country rap tunes versus mainstream hip hop. Okay, and you know, it, you guys can adjust your your brains when you're thinking about southern hip hop. But then when it becomes a very regional, mm. right? Mm. When you talk about the regions that make up the different parts and pieces and, and, and the different flavors of what southern hip hop was, because if you talk about, okay. Juvenile, mm. the uninitiated say that's southern hip hop. Right. Sure, it is. But the thing is, is that it's definitely a new. It's it's definitely Louisiana, New Orleans, like Eighth Ward sound. You know mm. what I mean? Like sure. that's what it is. And you can't. You you wouldn't be able to say, okay, this is almost exactly like what you're gonna hear coming out of you know Atlanta or exactly yeah. what or you're gonna Houston. hear coming out of uh, Houston. Yeah. Absolutely right. not. I think people know that now, but I now think at the do. time right. that when all of that was coming out, it was all just Southern rap was one big conglomerate. Yeah, yeah. Right. it is. Mm-hmm. It is, and I think that you know, there's there's even um, I know at uh, Alabama and at uh, Alabama State, I believe down in Montgomery, they actually have a music course mm. that focuses like it's several classes that focuses on the evolution of uh southern hip-hop as the different genres and it goes very 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 deep into the different you know styles of production the different themes the different wordplay that they'll use mm. with it even when it comes to the cadences the and and the the vocabulary that they use because mm-hmm. a lot of the slang i'm telling you right now i had no idea what the fuck a wody was <laughs> <laughs> until I looked it up. And and mm-hmm. again, uh, in university, I asked a mm-hmm. friend of mine, he was from New Orleans. Mm. I couldn't understand half the stuff that he said. That's actually how I found out what that was, And that's too. how I found I out what it was. I had a friend from Louisiana, Whoa. shout out to said Seti, who, yeah, who, like, <laughs> taught me all of the New Orleans slang. And then he would laugh at the way I would try to repeat it because apparently I had a Colorado accent. I didn't even know that yeah. was a thing. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's, and it's just completely, it's it literally, you can mm-hmm. go from... New Orleans, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and drive up 59 mm-hmm. to uh, Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. and meet with somebody else that's yeah. in the, the, the game or that's mm-hmm. an artist. And Everything literally, the vocabulary is completely different. Mm-hmm. There'll be certain things that they'll intersect, but a lot of stuff is completely different, mm-hmm. right? 
ATL sound, you know, the whole locality thing, right? We're mm-hmm. talking about Decatur, talking about East Point, talking about, uh, you know, Buckhead, all these places in Atlanta that, again, there's a certain uh, je ne sais quoi, for lack of a better term, that comes with... <laughs> Literally. Yeah, <laughs> that, that comes with all these different, uh, uh, you know, sub-genres of, of Southern hip-hop. And that's what makes it so amazing to look at mm. it in retrospect 20 years later, that a lot of that is still there. Okay, Sky, since you're the resident Southerner, though, I do have a question. Because yes, I will say, from like a blurred perspective, Andre 3000 was pretty interesting because of his fashion choices and his presentation. Oh, absolutely. He seemed real unorthodox, but did he seem like that to y'all? You know, the thing was is that mm-hmm. a lot of what Andre 3000, you know, when he started to come out of his shell mm-hmm. with his very, very esoteric mm-hmm. um, fashion choices, you know, that didn't come until later on. Mm-hmm. That didn't really mm-hmm. come until around the Stankonia true, uh, true, true. time. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, you, you, you would see a little bit of that uh, eccentricity mm-hmm. when it came to certain artists and again you can't talk about outcast without talking mm-hmm. about goody mob mm-hmm. you can't talk about goody mob without talking about uh you know a, a number of other acts that, that came yeah. out of atlanta right True. um and all those guys all of them i've met uh, and, and actually worked with goody mob before mm-hmm. back in my university days mm-hmm. and those guys are are very very you know their fashion sense mm-hmm. is they're all unique Okay. Right, they're all very unique. The whole, you know, you know, large oversized white T-shirt thing yeah, that everybody yeah. thought everybody was wearing, that was just that was just for show, mm. right? Most of those guys had a, a certain way that they wanted to present themselves. And again, you know, when you're talking about commercialization, a lot of them, when you're talking about the the Dungeon family, mm-hmm. right, all of them really work together to kind of, you know have a sound yeah. but have a unique persona and a right. unique way that they actually present themselves right, right. Mm-hmm. to the public and, and through their music mm, right mm-hmm. True. no one really thought that they were weird and no one really yeah. thought Andre was strange in that fact yeah. mm-hmm. it was just like he's an artist yeah but it was kind of interesting to have a rapper who had I don't know kind of a similar sort of Je ne sais quoi, as you would say, or a um, a proto hipster vibe. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But, but kind of almost like a prince kind of unorthodoxness oh, yeah. to him. You know, like that. Sure. So as a, as a, as a nerd and as somebody who had very mm-hmm. unorthodox dress sense myself, that was always really interesting to see from afar. But I'm yeah. wondering how it read in the south. Yeah, people yeah. in the southeast mm-hmm. were really just kind of like, hmm, that's. I don't think I would wear that, but that yeah. seems to work for him. Okay. Right. And and again, the black community, I think that by and large is much more accepting and open-minded mm-hmm. uh, to people, you know, being kind of true to who they are. I think that's true, yeah. You know? And from what I understand, mm-hmm. specifically in ATL, there's oh, a, little, yeah. There a lot yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, there there's still definitely, especially within the hip-hop community, there is kind of an expectation for how people yeah. look. So, yeah. Right. Especially, I mean, if we're going to go here, if you look at kind of the norms for masculinity yeah. within hip-hop. I mean, Andre 3000 with his, you know, long perm and his, you know, very fitted Technicolor suits, which, again, didn't come until Stankonia, yeah. but still, you know, if you look at the cover of Southern Playalistic, where he's got that yeah. baby face and those cornrows and the giant white teeth, right. and then two albums later, it's like, whoa, okay, yeah. things have changed. Yeah, So, true. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, to, to kind of round, that, round out that point, there is always, like you said, that expectation where, and especially in, in Southern hip-hop, 
Southern and I and and without having to go off into a gender studies mm. uh, conversation that would mm-hmm. go along with this, yeah. Southern black and brown masculinity mm-hmm. is in and of itself a very interesting topic to discuss True. when it comes to being both an artist or being an individual. Right. Because when you talk about the way that you know certain people are <coughs> to present themselves. Most southern, you know, most southern black people are probably some of the most religious people that mm-hmm. you will meet, and sure. there's a reason for mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, though, when you're talking about southern black masculinity, when you talk about the church, which a lot of that comes from in the mm-hmm. conservatism, even the church in and of itself, yeah. I would say some of the most accepting people that I've ever met. Mm-hmm when it came to uh, people that were non-gender binaries mm-hmm. or that were uh, you know, LGBTQIA mm-hmm. uh, individuals would go to church and everyone knew they were gay. Oh, of course. And no one, get, no one really just talked about it. Yeah. But it was just like... As long as it stayed unspoken, it was fine. And, and, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, hmm. Interesting, and that's and I think that translates over into mm-hmm. the music and, and and what you're seeing now, even with mm-hmm. like for example like Big Fredia, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. With artists like that, and yeah. and uh, you know this is really right. what what's mm-hmm. come full circle, mm-hmm. and and you know I think that Southern hip hop well, has you know, always I would say Young Young Thug on a on a right. more yeah. recognizable level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. more mainstream level. But I think there's a lot of dichotomy in Black American culture broadly. I just think it plays out in different ways in different mm-hmm. regions. And you're right. I think the whole religiosity versus as long as you don't talk about it, you can be as fabulous as you want to be. Honey. Sure. That kind of thought. And you're probably but gonna yeah. get a really awesome like nickname like Sweet Tea. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. But then again, when I actually like read things written by specifically gay Black men from the South, yeah, or like hear experiences from friends who are gay and from the South, it seems to be very different on an experiential level than what it is yeah, absolutely. on a perceptional level. I don't know. Absolutely. On a, as an outsider, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where, and that's really where, I, where I, you know, Quim and I kind of comes into that because, mm-hmm. again, no one had ever really heard mm-hmm. um, a lot of the experimental sounds that they were playing with mm-hmm. because uh, up to that point, right, it was really about if you look at the things that were well-known at that point, uh, let's talk about uh, a ball in, in MJG right out okay. of Memphis, or you want to talk about UGK out of Texas, or yeah. if you want to go back to Memphis, you talk mm-hmm. about you know cl- the uh, what I like to call proto crunk mm-hmm. uh, three six mm, okay. right Ted a club up <laughs> yeah yeah you could not play that that was like actually like on a blacklist I remember that was like yeah, uh, that yeah, was yeah. blacklisted from any club like yeah, they yeah. like if you're a DJ and you come in and you play that this is gonna be the last night you mm-hmm. play it because again you would you show up and people would literally tear the club up uh, when they yeah. play that song mm-hmm. um, but again there was a certain there was just this there there's a lot of a lot that went behind that because again when you talk about mm-hmm. rappers like Gangsta Boo right. Mm-hmm. She had a certain cadence, and mm-hmm. that would shine through, and mm-hmm. it was a very masculine cadence. Yeah, True. yeah. And a lot of people were cool with that. Yeah. A lot of people were down with that because, again, it really shined through to who she was as an artist. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. You talk about the way that she was, you know, a lot of these these uh, southern 
female rappers mm-hmm. that again were cool with mm-hmm. Dungeon Family and a lot of the other Southern rappers in particular, mm-hmm. they really embraced and were really open for women to kind of talk about their sexuality mm-hmm. or being empowered in their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those experimental ideas at that point, mm-hmm. really, again, this is the mid late 1990s. Mm-hmm. This stuff was just now being, you know, kind of talked about. Mm-hmm. But Southern hip hop, this was just all about. It was all in the game. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Right? It was all kind of normal as long as you were making good music. I understand exactly. what you're saying. Absolutely. I'm sorry, you you you're giving us the timeout thing here. What's up? <laughs> no, we're just it's just it's running. Oh, I'm long, sorry. I'm so. sorry. Go ahead. I mean, no, it's, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want it's, it's all very naive for us to talk about it as as like kind of outsiders to that exact experience. But it's interesting to kind of see what it's like perceptionally. Yeah. From because I do know that that was something that it made me think about just looking at Andre 3000. For like sure. even just from just like so the way he looked, the way he dressed, the way he rapped. Even though I said before that they didn't really have a lot of aggro towards women, not in the way that East and West Coast rappers had at the time. There right. was still very there was still a lot of objectification going on in their music. But you know, just their look. But and it their wasn't. Presentation. It wasn't like mm-hmm. aggravated. You know. You know, almost assault on your ears type. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't insulting for lack of. A, I mean, or at least it wasn't. It didn't sound like it was intended to be insulting for lack of a better word. Right. But the point is, I guess, it's just that there did seem to be some challenging of masculine norms. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit, at least on Andre 3000's part. Sure. So, that was my point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's. Move on. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, good questions. Um, I you wanted the goalpost arms. No, it's just it's just it's just really <laughs> oh, late. Okay, what time is it? Oh gosh. Okay, yeah. But I want to move on, and I want to get everyone's favorite rap duo. I, I have, I have a number of them. I have a number of them. And five. And I would five say, or less. I would say I, I I've got a top three. Okay. I've got a top three, and I've got some some okay. honorable mentions. I would say um. In no particular order. Okay. Uh, I would say uh, Rock and Smooth okay. for sure. Um, Red <laughs> Rock and, and Smooth? That sounds like such a yeah. uh, an old person. Hey, I, rock and I like, Smooth. I, I like that Rock and Smooth. That's I like that Rock and Smooth. What do they call it? Yeah, that's they something call you hear before you hear like that robot noise and somebody starts popping and locking. Uh. Like, I like Rock and Smooth. Pop, lock, pop, lock. That boy in there. That boy in there listened to that Rock and Smooth record. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But yeah, I'd say I'd say CL yeah, CL Smooth and Pete Rock sure. just mm-hmm. by far those those guys are are timeless. Sure. Um yeah. Red and Meth. Okay. Oh. I I am always going to love Red and Meth. They just there's there's so much fun. Sure. I was going to say them. They're so there's so <laughs> much fun, man. Um and then you know what this is going to I would say um and this is just a southern thing. This is a southern thing. I'm not gonna go back to Outcast just because Outcast, you know, they're they're in the pantheon of, of gods when it comes to to hip hop, okay. especially the southeast. So they're there just by default. Okay. But I would say, um, honestly, anything that mystical and anything that mystical is done with uh, Master P, the, I would I, I love it just because again, it just harkens back to my. By coming of age. Okay. Wow. Um, okay. And, and again, just the just because the energy that's in, in, into it, it just reminds me of really great things that, sure. that I went through mm-hmm. in my university years, um, which again shows my age. But that being said, I would say those are my top three. Okay. Um, honorable mentions, I think I'll come back to. Okay. We can, my, we can go through there. What, yeah. No, no yin yang twins on your list, Mr. Southerner. You know. <laughs> 
I just, you know, the Yin Yang Twins are like junk food for the ears, man. Um, I wasn't being serious. The, the, but... It, it, but you know what? It's funny that you bring them up because everyone's just like, oh, like you're from the Southeast. You most like the Yin Yang Twins. Oh, and it's like, mm. I mean, if you if you want to talk about how you like to, you know, eat Pop Rocks with, with Coke. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where they're kind of liking them, too, because it's like, sure. oh, this is funny for a minute. And then it starts to hurt. And mm-hmm. then you just want it to stop. So that's kind of how I see the Yang Twins. Right. That's, that's the honest truth. I, 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 uh-huh. I they're just really, uh, yeah, they're 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 junk food for the senses. I'll say that. Okay. For sure. Mm. Next up. Okay. All right. So, Meth and Red are definitely on my list as well. Okay. Mob Deep. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm surprised nobody mentioned. Don't gotta ask. Yeah, Mob, Deep, Mob Deep. Okay. Mob Deep. Uh, uh, okay, let me think, let me think. I got, I have notes. Let me look at my notes. <laughs> so Mob Deep, definitely. Uh, um, I don't know. It's hard to pick, like, five. Like, I have a ton on here. But, crap. Okay, so Outcast. I'm just going to say Outcast, Mob Deep. Uh, Bumby and Lil C. That oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. UGK, absolutely. UGK, U- UGK. And again, mm-hmm. I still I put them in the pantheon. Mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't say they're top five. Just they're just, they're you they're, know. I mean, I don't know that they're top five, but they're definitely up there. They're 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 uh, just in the pantheon. Yeah, of, I mean, they're, of they're gods just, for they, me. Yeah, they have just like such a presence. I mean, I guess. Oh yeah. Like in in hip hop. Um, hmm. I don't know. I kind of I don't know. I'm trying to think of like newer duos more interesting duos like more kind of underground kind of to the side sort of duos but i can't think of anybody who's really just a pure rapping i would say in my honorable Mm -hmm. mentions Mm -hmm. when it comes to to newer duos Mm -hmm. um not that new but but again still Mm -hmm. uh something that some of the younger crowd would Mm -hmm. would would know is the clips oh yeah okay clips yeah clips i i I always loved Um, everything they did yeah, I mean, there's other duos that I like, but they were part of larger groups. Like, yeah. if you want to think, like, Ghostface and Raekwon, for example. They sure. were Wu-Tang, really. So, yeah. Sure. Or um, even mm-hmm. De La Soul, right? You could call yeah. them a duo, yeah, yeah, yeah. but obviously, I don't want to disrespect. Yeah. Maceo, yeah. they're a group. Yeah. Same with Q-Tip mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Fife. And Fife, yeah. yeah. I can't go that way. Right, but exactly, exactly. Pantheon, again. Right, but they yeah, would, they're up there, but they're not really a duo. They're not a duo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not if, a duo. If they counted, mm-hmm. then yes, but yeah. no, this is only these only mm-hmm. two people involved in this. Mm-hmm. As That's far, the criteria. Yeah. Right. I mean, as far as newer stuff, one of my favorite albums this year is the new one with Jean Grey and her boo, Kel, Kel Chris. K- Kel Chris, yeah. Yes. I really like that album, but it's so offbeat. Like, I mean, and again, they don't really have, like, the benefit of longevity, you know? Like, this is kind of their first project. Yeah. Well, they're freshmen. You together, know what I mean? together. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jean Grey isn't really. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say. That's, that's I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah, saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let me give that a caveat before you okay. guys, like, jump down my throat. Okay, when okay. I say that, yeah, I'm I mean, talking about <laughs> as, a, as a duo. Jean Grey, again, has yeah. been, mm-hmm. has obviously established, you know, established. I mean, as, as yeah. being, you know, top, she's top five, top five, MC, but, definitely. Oh yeah, but when it comes to I like duos, you know, it, it, there's she's you great. have to have a certain kind of it, it, the vibe has to just be on point mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. to be a good duo, right? And they're still developing that vibe. You I know feel. what I mean? But that album is still really good. Yeah, there are times when they're kind of offsides with each other, but right. I think that's also just part of Kill Chris's style. Like he is kind of always sure. sort of yeah a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Fearless leader. Do us the honors. Oh me, yeah. all right. Your top five. Yeah, yeah. Because <sighs> so, I know, I know he's gonna come through with some like esoteric shit. Oh, yeah. You think so? I think so. Maybe. Outcast is number one. Okay. But number two for me, Run the Jewels. 
Oh. Run the jewels. I can't argue with that. LP's my favorite. Can't argue with that. LP's yeah. my favorite yeah. artist, like rap name artist as a producer. Yeah. No one can, no one has or probably will copy his sound. For sure. I mean, everyone's copied Pete Rock. Everyone's mm-hmm. copied Premier. Everyone's yeah. copied uh, Dilla to an extent. You know, everyone's. Yeah. But name someone who's really copied LP. Mm. Mm. I, I'm drawing a blank. His production and yeah. just his his crazy flow and references and just where he takes things. He's just, I'll give you that. Yeah, okay. And you would never think that this hard Brooklyn MC would mesh well with this yeah. Atlanta right. rapper. Yeah, and true. it's just, it is yeah. magic. Yeah. 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 Magic. Okay, that's true. I thought about saying them, but I don't know. I don't. They put out yeah. three awesome albums. They have. They yeah. have. They had. They definitely have. But I don't. I wouldn't put again. They're in the pantheon, but maybe not t- my top five. RTJ two is one of the best rap albums of this decade to yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they've had s- so mm-hmm. many of their songs are some of the best of this decade. I, I don't know. I guess for me, a lot of the stuff that they do outside of, which is the danger of the social media era, a lot of the stuff they do outside of their music kind of sidelines some of their stuff for me. It kind of draws focus a bit. Right. Killer Mike specifically. So. <laughs> I mean, he did like, he did two yeah. things. He did I know, two I know, things I know, I know, in but, five years. It's kind of like, at eh, the same time, you know, but, you know it's, it's, He has to grow too. That's true, but it's easy to get sidelined by whatever is, else is going on. And this unfortunately, they always seem to release something right when he does something stupid to pull focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm two two things. I know you to look. I'm not keeping count. I'm just saying this has been my experience. Oh, sure. I should listen to this Run the Jewels album. What did Killer Mike say? So you know. Okay. <laughs> so Run the Jewels number two, uh, number three, Organized Confusion. Okay. I'm with I that. I'm honestly not familiar with them. Do you know Feral Munch? Feral Munch. Yeah, oh gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. Okay okay yeah yeah. So mm-hmm. before Simon Says, yeah, which is yeah. you know that monster hit, uh-huh. he was in a group with Prince Poe. Yeah yeah, yeah. that was and back in the back. They days. were monsters. I mean I wish I could play some tracks. I may edit some tracks oh, in. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. But that was they they had they had some monstrosities. They were tracks man. Like they did. honestly yeah. of all the rap duos that I have on my list, I think in their prime they could have eaten anyone alive. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. I mean, everyone talks about how how great Fromage was, and that yeah, is true. Yeah, and still but is Prince, to an extent. But Prince Paul was. But th- whatever happened to him? Deadly. He just fell off, didn't he? Manch? Yeah. Well, no, no. Prince Paul. Manch is still around. Prince Prince yeah. Poe. Prince Paul is not the same person. Say. Yeah. Okay. Prince, Prince Paul is the producer and rapper right. for like that was soul back okay. in the day. Prince okay, Poe okay. is his own. I mean, he actually produced uh-huh. some of their work too. Okay. But he was a great rapper. Uh, he put out some some solo stuff after mm-hmm. that, but didn't really, you know. It didn't take off okay. yeah. as yeah. well as yeah. there. I mean, Pharaoh was putting out pretty solid solo albums for a good long yeah, time. Yeah, Internal there. Affairs that Internal turns affairs. that turns twenty yeah, next yeah, yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, and then you got um, the uh, but the even more recently, Desire. Like within mm-hmm. the last yeah, within the last decade. And then yeah. War, mm-hmm. War was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So then number three, mm-hmm. number four, EPMD. Okay. EPMD. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Up there. You are really going back into the hip hop. I told you, though. but easy. Yeah. I, I told you he was going to come out with some. Right. Some I was stuff trying to keep it current esoteric. and new. No, and I like just really think yeah, that's good yeah, though. Yeah, no, if you cool, just look yeah. at EPMD, just their bot, their whole body of work. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Eric Sermon produced and rapped, and just that chemistry was so cool. Mm-hmm. They were just so cool. Um, I know LP said that they were a huge influence when he formed Run the, Run the Jewels with right. Mike. Right. Uh-huh. Just that chemistry, just with RTJ too. I mean, honestly. If RTJ puts out another great album, yeah, I would bump them. I would bump them to number one, just for me personally. I just love okay. how they, how they, how they are, just how they, uh-huh. how they write, 
verses together. They will yeah. be in the studio. They only they almost exclusively write in the studio together. Mm-hmm. So like if he if LP doesn't have a finisher for this or mm-hmm. a, a new bar, he'll give it to Killer Mike and he'll go to okay. it, and they'll just bounce back and forth. Whether they yeah, bounce yeah. back and forth on their albums, it's just. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of duos do it, mm-hmm. or yeah. at least do it as much as they do. And I think mm-hmm. that's so important. Right. It isn't just I'm gonna write a verse and just come in the studio and <laughs> just, just rap it with this yeah. guy over here, or they could not even be in the studio together. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Just put songs together. But this is, I just like how they work. So it, right. it, it'd be the number four, okay. and number five would be Black Star for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, Wait, we're allowed to put Black Star and Outcast on our list? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I was trying to avoid that. I put them in the pantheon, like because yeah, I, I I try to mm-hmm. omit what like again, people that are you know at Obvious. the at the mm-hmm. round at the round table. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I would say like you know going back to my honorable mentions, just because I would say that they had a a, a large another group at large, mm-hmm. um, but again that have established themselves as a pantheon now in mm-hmm. the pantheon and have been mm-hmm. um you know Snoop and Dre Yeah, I was going to say them, but yeah, but here's, yeah. Here's mm-hmm. my here's my thing with that now mm-hmm. with you guys. Yeah. You're talking about Mystical and Master P. It hasn't been a Mystical and Master P album. album it's exactly, just, which is why it's I just didn't featuring say Snoop and yeah. Dre. So, right. yeah, same with Snoop and Dre. I but can't yeah. really That's why I I, th- mm-hmm. I kind of let them out because again, they they did a lot together. Mm-hmm. But they never had a bespoke yeah. album with yeah. them all. It was their right, album, right? right, right? Yeah. Um, and if they did, you know, yeah. there were like other features within, you know, not just the album, but also within the tracks themselves. And right. then, you know, Dre didn't even write his stuff, so I can't really, yeah, I can't is, really yeah. give it. So I can't, I can't. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, Black Star only made one album, but yeah. if you put Black Star against really nearly any other duo's best work it either outshines them or it's just as good it's just as good and i think that there's a lot to just be to be said about the feeling you get listening to that album as a whole like it is just such an affirming album you kind of walk away from it feeling like yes here i am world you don't get that from a lot of albums yes you don't get that from you definitely don't get that from equimini and you don't get that from many (laughs) other duo duo albums yeah you know you know Mm -hmm. i mean mob deep Mm-hmm. Sure, honorable mention, but yeah. I mean the diversity is not. It's not really there. Yeah, they kind of do have one. They're kind of a one note. Meth and Redman also. Uh, yeah, they're very yeah. fun. To be honest, yeah, they're, they're, they're very fun, fun. But they kind of do the same party tracks exactly. All the time. Yeah. yeah, and to be honest, I would <clears> much <throat> rather listen to the first three Redman albums than I would their duo work. Their duo work. Fair enough. Yeah, in retrospect, true. But, true. My, you know, not, no hate. Mm-hmm. I mean, those albums are true. so good. They're so great yeah, albums. Yeah, true. They're yeah. so great mm-hmm. albums. But I have to be honest, I feel like if it wasn't for their duo album, nobody would have gone back and listened to those first three Redman <laughs> albums in a lot of cases. Yeah. I could give that some mm-hmm. credence. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Between my last year of high school and mm-hmm. year in university, I was a student of hip-hop, so yeah. I was just going back and just getting everything. Yeah. Right. Everything. Mm-hmm. So that didn't matter to me. I wasn't right, really right. listening mm-hmm. to radio. I wasn't listening to modern rap mm-hmm. actively until maybe 2012. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. It went like it went from maybe 1994 <coughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. And I stopped, and mm-hmm. then t- until about two thousand. And then you didn't really pick up. Yeah. You get back on the wagon. Like before then, I was just researching mm-hmm. everything that came before. Right. I think the thing is for me, it's just it gets overwhelming after a point. Like it's, I, I have way much, way more fun crate digging than I do trying to keep up with what's coming out now. Mm, which is part yeah. of why I haven't heard so much of Run the Jewels. Like I have, don't think I've ever sat and listened to a whole album from start to beginning. Let's talk about it. Because it does just get really. For me, it's more fun to go back and look for old samples. 
Have right. you heard any? Have mm-hmm. you heard uh, any organized confusion? Uh, you know, I have, but it's I, it's been a minute. Like I just yeah. I just want to put a plug in there because mm-hmm. maybe the five listeners who listen to the show <laughs> they want to go back and assume mm-hmm. organized confusion again. Like I said, in their prime, they could have killed anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. The biggest thing about them, not only were they monsters, but they put out to me the some of the greatest concept records mm-hmm. ever. So yeah. on their second album put out a song called Straight Bullet mm-hmm. and it was a song about a straight bullet going through a neighborhood and it mm. was through the first person point of view of the bullet itself. Let the trigger finger put the pressure to the mechanism which gives a response for the automatic clip to release projectiles and single file causing me to ignite then travel through the barrel headed for the light at the end of a tunnel with no specific target in sight slow the flow like h2o water visualize the scene of a homicide or slaughter no remorse for the course i take when you pull it the results are straight bullet niggas who new hit the ground running and stay down except for the kids who played on the playground because for some little girls you'll never see more than six years of life trite Ling when she fell from the seesaw. But um, wait, my course isn't over. Flat out of the other side of my head towards a red ring rover. Then I ricochet fast pass above his ass. You damn what that nigga say? Aw, oh, fuck it. Next target's Margaret's face. And I struck it. Now it's a flood of blood and circumference to a face. And an abundance and brains all over the street. Shame how we had to meet. Dash and bucking, greet my fucking family. They follow behind me in an orderly fashion, bashing through flesh and wild, crashing through the doors. I project always to the fleck for the tiles. I'm coming for you, little girl. Once inside, I shatter your world, swirl. No more dreams, no hopes when I spray. You better pray to the Pope or the Vatican before I go right to Tatigan. I'm mad again, brother. Somebody's mother will be sad again. But whose blue skies will turn gray from the attack of the Mac 11? I'm astray. Bullet. Whoa, okay. Yeah. And so, see, I, see, this is the thing. I miss tracks like that where, like, people were really just creative with it. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know. Like, oh, it's fantastic. And then, yeah. the even better than that was on their final album, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Equinox, they put out a song called In Vitro. They were two unborn twins mm-hmm. in the womb of a mother. Mm-hmm. And she was on, she was on her way to the abortion clinic. Whoa. And, they both wrapped the first verse was about how he didn't want to be born mm-hmm. because he knew where his mom came from she was addicted to drugs wow. and he knew that he would he was probably going to grow up to be mm-hmm. a bad person mm-hmm. and yeah. murder mm-hmm. and he didn't want it he didn't want to be born in the second verse it's a much more optimistic approach mm-hmm. like yeah i had i had it hard but i want the chance mm-hmm. to be better and rise above this Shadowed in darkness where curiosity is my life. Fetal but very coherent that it's a 50% chance that I might not make it in spite of the fact it's my life and can't take it knowing that I'm losing this fight to contradiction. The love with the hatred inviting friction umbilically inflicting watching my life go down like Christian. Understand my endurance is confused right now but my faith brings us through some way, somehow. From now I vow to invest in living vow only to God. The cold stoves that tell our vision violence got me scarred. Disregard what the devil allowed on my set. This city's Number one threat. Huh. Bet I 
Could probably run for mayor or some shit like that one day. Or get my hustle on. Just like my dad, quiet as kept for the long stay. Growing the positive form to first step. I want some friends in the in-last fucking neighborhood rap. 600 bins, who slept with a Nakamichi system in it. Graduating from a rookie, rolled up windows. Tenant desire, percentage for ice cream, big wheels, local rented movies. Power Rangers, Lion King, Toy Story, and Goonies with the bomb. At least that's what I heard. Beyond my nine to fives, I write a dope rap song. But with your insides gone, the vision is frail. Dreams can't set self from all that unprotected sex and cold Valentine L's. Oh well, I still prevail. God always has something in store for me outside this hell. Womb on, torn in the eyes of our lost. Scorn with the dawn, distortion upon my abortion clinic visit in the morn. And it's. See, that got it, creativity. Okay, I, I need to go it's, back. And it's listen beautiful. To this. Okay, yeah. I, I'll go back. And then they had Hate in that album, Hate, and they took the. Mm-hmm. They, they took the roles of uh, a neo Nazi and mm-hmm. uh, a Klansman, I think. They were, it both were just. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was... Take it's, that joiner, Lucas. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he was he's a student. I mean, the mm-hmm. way that he raps, whether the joiner mm-hmm. Lucas raps, I'm mm-hmm. sure he was a student of these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Organized Confusion are just... They're, they're just scientists. Right, okay. Right. I'll have to go back and look that they're up. They're... All right, cool. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got lots of things to go listen to now. Goodness. <laughs> um, just another I don't mention, I wanted to give a shout out to Camp Lowe. No, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Camp yeah, Lowe's okay. great. Not just their Saturday, was it Uptown Saturday Night yeah. album, uh-huh. but they put out mixtapes with uh, Pete Rock. With Pete yeah. Rock, yeah. They're yeah. really great. Yeah, the mixtapes were really good. Yeah. Thinking back. Huh. And Das yeah. Effects. Das Effects. Oh, man. Das Effects is, yeah. Ah, okay. I'm sorry. As, again, you they're see, in the Pantheon. Yeah. So see, you're, you're clearly the DJ out of the group here. Uh-huh. You're, really, you're really going back and like bringing back all these good yeah. memories of stuff that I wouldn't even Hold it down. Yeah. Hold it down. Hold it down. Oh, yeah. man. There's so many gems. Uh-huh. Uh, such a great album. Okay. Okay. Gosh, I'm going to be like looking up stuff and listening to things. I'll link you out. Please. I'll send you some. It's been, some been a, hell a, group a, chat a hell of a r- retrospective. Chat. Yeah. I mean, Yingying Twins was my number one, but you kind of stole my thunder. Well, you know, <laughs> sometimes sometimes you got you to gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad. No, no. Mm. The bad with the bad. Or the bad with the bad, yeah. 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 Well, all right. Cannibal Ox. I would say Cannibal Ox, but but honestly, Cannibal Ox. Okay, now you what? Cannibal <laughs> Ox for a time, and it still uh-huh. may be yeah. my the Cold Vein was arguably my favorite. It, it was my favorite rap album mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah. For for like in my like early late twenties, mm-hmm. I yeah. was just in that mode. Mm-hmm. Are they really like yeah. in the top five? No, but that album is fantastic. Right. It sucks that they that they that they broke up. Yeah. But Fair play. Again, LP yeah, was yeah. very much a big a big part of why they were great. Those beats were mm. just yeah, godly they were beats. Pretty, mm. yeah. godly beats. That's the thing. It's almost like it's kind of, there's no such thing as a great rap duo. It's always a great rap trio. They gotta have a producer who is on point. And that's why Rhythm Jewels are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Jewels, yeah. EPMD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I've got to yeah, go back and give them another but like I said, it's so somebody's perilous dope, in this. Somebody's like, a dope producer. There's so much stuff out there that it's really easy to just ignore something based sure. on whatever their public profile is at the time. Like, oh, that doesn't seem so appealing. Let me listen to one of the 10,000 other albums that were released. Right. Today. Sure. So it's re- yeah, i got to go back and give them another chance. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. In, in oh, chat. gosh. I feel like that, that sounds like you're going to make me listen. Okay. I mean, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you got homework to be learning. Exactly. You can't be on Blurred Up till you listen to every single one of the Jews I mean. out three times. <laughs> I mean. Three times. Uh-huh. Click your heels together when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> this concludes episode five. Yeah. May. The fifth, fifth one. We made it to number five. Woo-hoo. You can find us at blurred up on facebook mm-hmm. uh find us on twitter mm-hmm. blurred you b-l-e-r-d 
you and also a mixed cloud just type us in blurred up where can they find you mel they can find me on instagram at uh at mama lazarus m-a-m-a-l-a-z-a-r-u-s is that how you spell? I hope that's how that you spell spelling it. is on point. Good, because I was confused there for a second. You'll it's this it late. Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, Mama Lazarus on Instagram, or you can actually find my band on Facebook. We are called Earthling, aka Jigawini Nore, but that's in Korean if you can type it. Nice. Uh, but Earthling, try that because we got stuff coming up. Yeah, you guys can uh, check me out uh, on the Twitters. Uh, just look up uh, HR Paper Stacks. Uh, you can also find me uh, on uh, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Digital Soju. We do a lot of uh, a lot of reaction videos. A lot of things are going on here in the ROK. So check us out. Give us a like and do subscribe. And of course, always check us out on uh, Blurred Up on our Facebook page. We're always looking to hear some feedback. Mm, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Brendan is always posting wonderful articles for you guys to check out. Death, right, right. And uh, as always, check out our podcast will be coming out with some new stuff hopefully in the very near future yeah just a quick plug for the the article too right put out an article uh, a couple weeks ago week and a half ago yeah Mm -hmm. Um, nice stuff thank you thank you thank you Uh, it's 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 I can't say it's trending but it's it it got recognized by some by some by some yeah some heavy hitters some heavy hitters gave you some love man yeah um, so just if you type in Google a new wave of rap is coming medium you'll find my uh, article in there it's about using socioeconomics to chart where hip-hop is going to go and i tried to approach it with some kind of optimism similar to black stars album right yeah. not some old yeah. old man like rap sucks <laughs> <laughs> it's a good article it really it made me kind of reassess the way i think about modern hip-hop. yeah you guys have yeah. a, if you're looking mm-hmm. for a good read uh, yeah. to, to really kind of Reset your compass on what's going on in hip hop, yeah. especially the, the the probably I would say the the fifth wave of hip hop that's coming. Shout out, you know, just a quick plug. Shout out to to Smino. I didn't put him in in the article, but I should have. He's he's an awesome rapper from my hometown, Smino. Okay. Oh, you nice. ever heard Black Swan? Check it out. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Thank you all so much. <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you all for being here, you guys. As always. Of and um, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.